is a man of God. He's a man of revival. He, he has a Latin background. Uh, so he adds a bit of fire just by his Latino-ness. And so we're expecting for what God has for him. As I said, he travels all over the world with Shake the Nations. Will you give him a big Elam Wimbledon welcome as he comes to preach the word? Thank you, Jesus. Can somebody shout amen? Oh, I like that amen. Can I get a greater shout amen? That's what I'm talking about. See, you're a happy church because you got happy pastors. As soon as I met pastor, he has a big old smile on his face. So if pastor's happy, the church is happy. Can I get an amen? It's a joy. It's an honor to be here with you guys. In Wimbledon, England, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, God has put some things in my heart that I want to share with you. Um, but before we go into the word, I have a few gifts that I want to give to you guys. I want to thank Pastor John and Pastor Keisha Featherstone. Can we give the Lord a loud applause, church, for our wonderful pastors? Mighty men and women of God, thank you so much for having us. It's an honor being here with you guys. Um, I serve Shake the Nation's Ministries. Um, I'm under the spiritual covering of Evangelist Nathan Morris. I'm originally from El Salvador, Central America. I grew up in America, and I'm learning the, the, the UK lingo. So um, if you hear me preaching Spanglish, which is mixing Spanish, English together with some American, with some UK then I know we are flowing in the spirit. Can I get an amen? So I got to give some merchandise away. We got some wristbands here. Who wants this wristband? Please catch it. I don't want to get in trouble with pastor, okay? Okay. They told me to give away this shirt. It's a legacy shirt. I think they're on sale for five pounds. Oh, I, I, I saw you, ma'am. I saw you. See, while I was talking, she said right here. See, I, I noticed in the stoplights that it gets yellow and then it gets green, right? Well, in my part of the world, it's different. It's the opposite. So when she saw yellow, I was about to say, I'm about to give this shirt. She raised her hand. She was ready for it. So God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. Um, we are also selling these messages. I preached this message a while back uh, titled Revealing His Resurrection. There are two disciples that go from Jerusalem to Emmaus, a seven-mile journey. And they leave the holy city of Jerusalem because there is no expectation for the resurrection. And in that seven-mile journey, Jesus is, is revealing to them the power of the resurrection. See, in the power of the resurrection, Jesus has loosed the pains of death. And in the power of the resurrection, Jesus has canceled every generational curse. In the power of the resurrection, Jesus has given us access to the Father. In the power of the resurrection... He has enabled us to receive an inheritance. So in this seven-mile journey, they get a revelation of what is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know who wants this message. This beautiful lady right here. I preached this message. I don't even know when. Born for the famine. 
See, they gave Joseph a coat of many colors, the coat of favor. See, when I came to the parking lot, this is a church that has the coat of of many colors. That is the coat of favor. There is favor in Elam Pentecostal Church. Uh, but when there's favor upon your life, there will be people that will be envious of you. And because they gave Joseph the coat of many colors, the coat of favor, he went into the pit. From the pit, he went to Potiphar's house. From Potiphar's house, he went to the prison house. But from the prison house... He went to the palace. But see, the reason why he went to the palace is because there was a famine. Hear this, church. If there is no famine, Joseph would have died in jail. If there is no famine, they don't need a man to reveal the dreams. If there is no famine, they don't need Joseph. But because there was a famine, Joseph was needed. See, you thought that the trials, the tests, the tribulations that you're going through are coming to kill you. But what you don't know, that the trials that are coming against you are there to promote you. Are there... Ah, the famine came to promote Joseph. The problem that's coming against your life is there to promote you. I feel a favor upon this house. This house is going from glory to glory. The famines that are coming in your life, praise the name of Jesus because God is getting ready to open new doors for you. Oh, that's not the message I'm going to preach today, but... You got me working here. Ma'am, right there in the black shirt. It's beautiful lady. That's for you, ma'am. That's for you right there. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. We, oh, you got me going now, church. At, at the foyer, we have a Dini and Daz. Uh, they're selling all of our merchandise. And if you would like to partner with Shake the Nation's ministries, you're not sowing into a man, you're sowing into a vision. God has given us a vision to reach the lost. We're doing more gospel campaigns than ever before. We're doing a gospel campaign in about a month in, in, in Belize. As a matter of fact, next week we're going to be with the team, Evangelist Nathan Morris, in Latvia. We're going to be in Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala, Cuba, we're going to do a gospel campaign in a communist country. God is just opening the doors, and we're going to be in the nation of Cuba. God is going to do something amazing. So if you want to partner with a ministry that is reaping a harvest, connect with the harvest today and become a partner today. Dini and Daz will see you at the end of the service. Can I get an amen, church? Amen. Will you stand up before we go into the word? I feel the Holy Spirit. I want you to welcome the Holy Spirit right now. In your own words, church, before, before we go into the word, I want you to open up your mouth and start worshiping the great I am. Come on, speak your heavenly language. Speak your heavenly language right now. Come on, church. Before we go into the word, before we go into the word, come on, open your mouth. 
the woman with the issue of blood oh she knew she had an illness that the doctors couldn't cure that there was no remedy there was no no science behind her healing but this woman said I need to see Jesus and this woman pushed through the crowd and she said I don't want to see Peter I don't want to see James I don't want to see John I want to see Jesus and this woman was willing to press through in the crowd and come on I want you to press through this morning you didn't come here to see a preacher you didn't come here to see your neighbor you came here to have an encounter with the great I am with the good shepherd with the good Samaritan you came here today to have an encounter with Jesus come on open your mouth and bless his holy name before we go into the word I want you to open up your mouth oh feel God. I feel God moving. Come on, 40 more seconds. 40 more seconds. Open up your mouth. What are you believing God for? What are you believing God for today? Come on. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. I welcome you into this house. Precious Holy Spirit, you are the breath that I breathe. You are my hope. You are my refuge. You are my strong tower. You are my shield. You are my buckler. Jesus, I welcome you into this room. My God, I declare that we are in holy ground. And I declare that the Spirit of God is in this place. And where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. I rebuke every spirit of sickness. I rebuke every spirit of depression. I rebuke every spirit of oppression. I rebuke every foul demon from hell. You got to go in the name of Jesus. I speak healing, deliverance right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you have your Bibles, oh, I feel God in this house. <laughs> If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Genesis chapter 35. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Genesis chapter 35. And we're going to read verse 16 and forward. And when you have a church, I want, to, I want you to shout an amen. Genesis. If, if you can't find Genesis... It's the first book, and I'm just kidding, church. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to get you to smile in here. It's okay to laugh and smile. Church is not meant to be endured, but it's meant to be. Come on. You're talking to me, church. Genesis chapter 13, verse 16. Are we there, church? Genesis chapter 35. Chapter 35, verse 16. Genesis chapter 35. Verse 16, the Lord has given me a word for you this morning. I feel it in, how, how they would say in the UK, I feel it in me, bones. <sighs> then they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little distance to go to Ephrath. Rachel labored in childbirth, and she had hard labor. Say with me, hard labor. Now it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said to her, do not fear, 
you will have this son also. And so it was as her soul was departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni. But his father called them Benjamin. Say it with me, Benjamin. Say, my name is Benjamin. Come on, say it again. My name is Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Spirit of God, speak to us. Challenge us, transform us, renew us by the power of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to speak to you about a subject I've titled, My Name is Benjamin. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him, My Name is Benjamin. The Bible teaches us in Genesis chapter 31 that Jacob dwelt in the land of Haran for 20 years. He served his uncle Laban in Padam Aram for 20 years. The Bible teaches us that he worked 14 years for both of his wives, Rachel and Leah. And he worked six years for his cattle, for his flock, a total of 20 years. But the Bible says that after 20 years of serving, I would say faithfully serving to his assignment, to his commission. After 20 years, the word of the Lord came to Jacob and said, arise, Jacob, and go down to your father's land. Go down to Canaan. Say with me, Canaan. Canaan is the promised land. See, Canaan was promised to Abraham. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 and verse 15, the Bible teaches us that after Lot had separated with Abraham, while Abraham was in the land of Canaan, say with me, Canaan. While Abraham was in the land of Canaan, the Lord told Abram, and he said, look up northward, look southward, look eastward, look westward, where your eyes can see that is the land that I will give to you and to your descendants forever. The land of Canaan, the land of promise, see, the land of Canaan, God gave the title deed to Abraham. There is no quarrel. There is no fight. There is no discussing about it. That land belongs to Abraham and to his descendants, to the Hebrews, to the children of Israel. That's the word that the Lord gave Jacob. Go to Canaan. Go to the promised land. And, and Jacob took his wives, his children, his cattle, his flock, and, and he journeyed to the promised land. He was in the region of Mesopotamia, and he journeyed back to Canaan, the land of the promise. Um, but um, what blesses my soul is that Jacob served for 20 years. Say with me, 20 years. He served for 20 years, his uncle Laban, 20 years. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 31, verse 40, verse 41, while Jacob is having a discussion with his uncle Laban about going to the promised land, about going to Canaan, he says, in the day I suffered drought and heat, in night, in the nighttime I suffered frost, I suffered cold, and sleep departed from my eyes. 
guys. For 20 years, he served him what he needed to serve him in Paran Aram. Then the word of the Lord came and he said, go down to Canaan, to the promised land. Can I ask you a question? Can you be faithful with your calling? See, those 20 years represent a season, a season of being faithful with the calling that God has upon your life. Sometimes as Christians, we want things to come quickly. How can you prepare a good dinner if you just pop it in the microwave? You guys have microwaves, right? How can you have a good dinner? In order to have a good din dinner, you need preparation time. See, in order for the promise to come to pass, you have to go through a process. I'm going to say that again, church. In order for the promise to come to pass, you have to go through a process. Can you be faithful where God has you at? Can you be faithful with the ministry that God has given you? I know you want to do the big and mighty things for the kingdom, but God is asking you, can you sweep the floor? Can you clean the bathroom? God is asking you to be faithful in the little things. I'm going to speak to the wives. Wife, can you be faithful with that husband? I know he's not saved. I know he cusses, smokes, and drinks, but can you be faithful in your prayer time with God? Because there will come a point in time where that husband, that gorilla, did I say that? Where that husband will be changed and he will be a man of God. He will be a man after God's own heart. Can you be faithful? Oh, can you be faithful with your children? I am... I have a 19-year-old daughter and a 14-year-old son, and they love and they serve the Lord, and God has blessed me with my children. But I understand sometimes children may, may go away from the Lord. Can you be faithful and pray for that prodigal son? Because one day that prodigal son will come home. Oh, we want the promise, but we don't want to go through the promise. Process. Oh, we have to go through a process. God wants to be glorified in our lives, but we have to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Be still in your calling. Oh, Psalms 46, 10 says, be still and know that I am God. You have to learn to wait on the Lord while you're, oh my goodness, I feel rhema coming down. See, Jacob served faithfully day and night for 20 years. Can you be faithful in those things that God has commissioned you to do? Maybe nobody's going to give you an applaud. You won't receive accolades or recognition, but there is a God that has seen you and he is looking for somebody that can be faithful in the little things because if you can be faithful in the little things and he can trust you with with the big with the big things oh God is still working in your life keep on waiting keep on waiting 
Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagle they shall run and not grow weary they shall walk and not faint keep waiting on the Lord the Lord is not done with you look at your neighbor and tell him the Lord is not done with you Oh, he's not done. He's not done. If you're not dead, he's not done. Come on. Oh, come on. Help me preach. Help me preach. Tell your neighbor, if you're not dead, he's not done. He's still working in you. He's still taking those bad things out of you. He's still cleaning your mouth. Because I feel some of you come to church and say hallelujah on Sunday. But throughout the week, you're saying hell and the Again, oh, God is still working in your life. God is working. Oh, Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, He that started a good work in you shall perfect it until the day of Christ. Say with me, my name is Benjamin. So they journey back to the land of Canaan. Oh, there's, there's, there's a big story behind Jacob, see, oh, Jacob with deceit, he, he took the birthright of his older brother Esau, and that's why he had to go to uh, Haran, but when he served for 20 years, God sent him back to Canaan while he was going to Canaan. The Bible says that he passed through a place who he called Peniel. Peniel means the face of God. God changed his name from Jacob, a supplanter, a deceiver, a cheater, to Israel, a prince, a prince who fought with God and prevailed. God gave him the victory. See him. We see the glory, but we don't know the story story behind it. You see Pastor John, Pastor Keisha's glory, but you don't know the story behind him. You see the building and how God has blessed him, but you don't know the story behind it. We all have to be tested. We all have to go through issues, trials, tribulations, but these things are coming so we may get a better revelation of who God is in our lives. I'm going somewhere, church. I'm going somewhere. As, as Jacob and his wives and his, and his children and his, and his flock come to the land of Canaan, we arrive in Genesis chapter 35, verse 16, that we read today. And the Bible says that Jacob went from Bethel to Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. They are already in the promised land. And Rachel is travailing. She's having a hard labor. How is it possible to be in the promised land and have issues? Wasn't it God that told me to start this business and now this business wants to go bankrupt? Wasn't it God that told me to come to the UK? I'm speaking to somebody. I feel that in my spirit. And uh, why am I going through issues? Why am I going through hell? Understand that the promise will come with problems. 
I'm going to say that again so somebody that's going through so many difficult situations may understand why you're going through what you're going through. The promise will come with problems. Rachel is in the brink of death. Her second son, she had already given birth to Joseph. Her second son, she's afraid he could be a stillborn. He is in the brink of death as well because Rachel is in the brink of death. How is it possible if God had told Jacob, go back to Canaan, go back to the promised land? How is it possible to have issues in the promised land? Oh, I feel God. I feel God right now. The problems come to provoke the power of God in you. See, the promise comes with problems to provoke the power of God in your life. You won't know he's a healer until the doctor said we can't do nothing for you. That's when you get a revelation in the promised land. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is my healer. You get a revelation of Isaiah 53 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him and by his stripes. I am healed. See, when the problem comes, you will get a deeper revelation of who God is in your life. Some of you are just, oh, can I be real with you, church? Can I preach to you like how I like to preach to you? Some of you are just Sunday church goers. We want you to come next Sunday, okay? But you still haven't had a true encounter with the living God. When you have had a true encounter with God, you will leave the liquor. You will leave the cigarettes. You will leave the world. And you will say, God, I need you. If you touch me again, I will leave the beer. If you touch me again, I will leave the cigarettes and God if you touch me again I won't go back to the I won't go back to the nightclub see you need to get a revelation of who Jesus Christ is the son of the living God you oh I feel God I feel God whatever you're going through God is gonna meet you at the point of your need if you if you are lacking resources he is in Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 my God will supply all of my needs According to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. If you don't have more than enough, he will become the God of Ephesians 3.20. He that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of us. See, God wants to reveal himself to you. Rachel is having a hard labor. In the promised land where everything needs to be flowing with milk and honey. I need to be flowing with overflow and abundance, but it's on the contrary. I'm flowing and lacking. I don't have enough resources, and, and I feel that everything around me is dying. It's because God is getting ready to reveal himself to you. 
you will get a revelation. See, the devil made a mistake in trying to take Jacob's 12th son out. He tried to kill him. He made a mistake because he didn't realize where he was trying to kill Jacob's 12th son. The Bible says that when they got near Ephrath, which is the region of Bethlehem, that's where they were having issues. But I know you know this. Bethlehem means the house of bread. John chapter 6, verse 48, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the word made flesh. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. See, oh. See, King Herod wanted to kill Jesus in Bethlehem. He tried to take the bread of life out. But Bethlehem means the house of bread. I know this one thing just by hearing Pastor John. He gives you bread every week. Every bread that he's giving you is nourishing your faith. and Is nourishing your spirit. Is being a blessing to your marriage, to your children, to your grandchildren. In a house where there is bread, there is breakthrough. Oh my God, I will say that again in a house where there is bread there will be breakthrough when you have a word you have it all see the devil may try to come against you but if you have the word of God against you I will not die and David said in Psalms 27 13 I would have fainted I would have lost heart unless I have believed them to see the goodness of the Lord in the land I don't know if the church is here in the land of the living see I can't die until God says I'm not gonna die until God's I have a word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word will remain forevermore. You know why I won't die in Bethlehem? Because I got a word, baby. I got Sando roba baba sonda. Psalms 119 verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, is your word settled in heaven everything around you may change everything around you may come down people may love you people may hate you people may say one day I'm with you tomorrow they're gone but the word oh the word is not gonna change baby we have the word in our lives the flower fades and withers away, but the word of God shall remain forevermore. You know what the Bible says? Oh, can I teach you a little bit? Psalms 119 verse 105. The Bible says, your word is light. Your word is lamp unto my feet. And... Lamp unto my path. Okay. 
your word is lamp unto my feet light unto my path when you have a light when you have a lamp it's not going to show you three miles ahead listen to what i'm trying to teach you a lamp if it's completely dark if you're in my country corinto morasan and all you have a lamp you can't even see your neighbor all you can see is three steps ahead of you well that's the word of god he's not going to tell you what's going to happen in 20 years he's telling you can you be obedient to the next step that I told you if you're obedient to the next three steps he will show you another your word is lamp unto my feet light into my path as I'm obedient to his word as I take up he said to go back to Canaan he said to go to the UK he said you need to be part of Elam Pentecostal Church as I'm taking oh, Psalms 37 23 says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He's ordering my footsteps. I don't know what's going on over there, but I do know what he told me. And, and he said, take a step of faith now. I feel that word in my spirit. I feel with a prophetic unction. Take a step of faith and just trust him in the process. Trust I got to rush. I don't even know what time. Back in my day, back in my land, it's 7 o'clock in the morning, so it's early, so I can preach another three hours. See, if you study the Bible, if you read the Bible, it'll speak to you. If you study the Bible carefully, Jacob's first 11 sons were born outside of Canaan, outside of the promised land. The 12th son, read your Bible, the 12th son is the only one that was about to be birthed in the promised land. That's why the Bible tells us that all things work together for my good if they talk bad about you it's for your good if they leave you adios sayonara goodbye let them go because if they're not with you they were not meant to be with you all things uh, if they shut a door in you praise god see I'm getting to an age before when I was in my 20s. I know I look like I'm 28, okay, but I'm not. When I was in my 20s, I would praise God for the doors that he would open. Oh, my goodness. I would, you can't outdance me, baby. You can't. But now that I'm in my, I'm not going to tell you how old I am. I've learned to praise God when, oh, come on, you with me. I've learned to praise God when he shuts doors. I don't understand it. I can't conceive it. I can't feel it. But if they shut a door, I'm going to start to praise. I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually when I wake up in the morning, Monday morning, when I get have my coffee and I got to go to work, I, I'm going to praise him. Even that boss is angry and all with fangs. I will bless the Lord 
at all times. Uh, I got I to gotta go. I got to move. I got to move. Oh, I, I can't get out of this. Do you know that sometimes you need a penina in your life? Some got it. Some got it. Some got it. See, First Samuel. I'm giving this to you for free because it's not in my notes, okay? That's it. That's it. See, oh. When somebody comes hungry to the house of God, the preacher says, I'm going to preach A, B, C, and D. But God says, there's somebody that needs an M and an F. So what that person does, he goes into the heavenly realm and says, I need a word. And it's dropped into the preacher. And the word is given to you. It's not the preacher. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to your life. We need a penina in our lives. First Samuel chapter 1, the Bible says that a man named Elkanah had two wives, Penina and Hannah. Penina had children. Oh, Hannah was barren. But Penina would provoke Hannah. But because there was a, pan, a Penina mocking, laughing, scoffing at, at Hannah, that provoked her to pray. See... A penina will provoke me to prayer. I'm going to say that again because somebody was asleep. Please elbow your neighbor. Just don't hurt him because uh, Pastor John may not have me back. But just elbow him and tell him you need a penina in your life. Come on, tell him you need a penina in your life. See? Penina provoked Hannah to pray. When I am provoked to pray, power will be loose. I felt that in my spirit. When Penina provokes you, she's going to provoke you to pray. And when you pray, you will see the power of God in your life. So bless your Penina. After the service, call your Penina. Them haters can't oh, Play your hate. Oh, I'm sorry. Thought I was in New York. Call him up. I, I bless my haters. I love my haters. Because they are, God is using them to catapult me. Where, oh, where I need to be at. Oh, church, I, I got to give you Bible. I got to give you Bible. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The Bible says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Listen, and you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. The church was comfortable in Jerusalem. The apostles were comfortable in Jerusalem. They were not going to go to Judea, to Samaria, but a persecution came after them. Because there was a persecution in the early church. Some went to Samaria, some went to Judea, some came to London, some went to El Salvador. Because through the persecution, God was revealing his purpose. Oh, I got to go, church. Rachel was about to give birth to her second son. And as, as she died, the Bible says she called her second son, Jacob's 12th son. By the way, 12 is the number of government. 12, the 12 tribes of Israel. The tribe of Asher, Benjamin, Dan, Gad, Issachar, Joseph, Judah, Levi, Nephtali, Reuben, Simeon, Zabulon. Joseph had even had two tribes because his, his tribe became so big. Ephraim and Manasseh. 
The 12 is the number of government. God needed to establish that. But Rachel was about to die. And she named him Benoni, which means son of my sorrows. Can I get the keys, please? Can we get some sweet Jesus music, please? And Jacob calls him Benjamin. Benjamin means son of my right hand. See, for a season, the 12th son was named Benoni. Who named you? Just because you failed does not make you a failure. Just because you made a mistake does not make your life a mess. Who named you? When I was around 12 years old, I had a family member come to me. And he said, Mauricio, you're either going to end up in the hospital or locked up in jail. He named me Benoni. And for a season, I believed it. As a young man, I was away from the Lord. You see this preacher? I wasn't always a Christian. I was lost in the world. Because somebody named me Benoni. Son of my sorrows. I would drink. I would go to the club. I would smoke. But one day, somebody told me, you're not a Benoni. Your name is Benjamin. Your name is Benjamin. Son of my right hand. The Bible says in Luke chapter 7 verse 47. To him who little have been forgiven. He loves little. But to him who much has been forgiven. He loves much. Do you know why I praise God the way I do? It's because he has brought me from the jaws of hell. And he rescued me. The level of my praise is in proportion to the hell he put me from. So when you see somebody at church screaming, shouting, come on. Oh, they've learned that for a season they were named Benoni. But now you understand, I'm not who they say I am. I am a son. I am a daughter of the most high God. Galatians chapter 4 verse 7. The Bible says you are no longer slaves. But you are a son. And if you are a son. You are an heir of God. Through Christ Jesus. Oh, I got to finish. I got to finish. Your blessing is not based upon your condition. But your position. In the kingdom. I don't know if somebody got that. You're not who they said you are. You're not a supplanter. You're not a cheater. You're not an adulterer. You are a son of the most high God. The grace covers you. The grace of Jesus covers you right now. You are who you are. Not by your condition. But by your position in the kingdom. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. I am crucified with Christ Jesus. That is my position. 
Romans chapter 6 verse 2 and 3. I am baptized with Christ Jesus. That's my position in the kingdom. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says. I have risen with Christ Jesus. Jesus. Revelation chapter 5 verse 10 says, I am ruling and reigning with Christ Jesus. I am who I am, not by what I've done, but because of his grace. My blessing is in my position. My name is Benjamin. My name is Benjamin, son of the right hand. I got to finish. Benjamin means strength, virtue, righteousness, heir, legitimate, rulership, authority. That's what son of my right hand means. I am a Benjamite. Stand up, church. I got to finish. Stand up. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 to verse 34. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit in his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will be separated. And he will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right hand but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. That's my inheritance. I am a son of the right hand. When Jesus rose from the dead, he sat at the right hand of the father. My name is Benjamin. Come on, lift up your hands, church. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, lift up your hands. I want you to start speaking in tongues. Mia, my mama, my city, didi, bu, 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 shutarabu. Come on, church. I want to hear you. I want to hear your cry. You're not going to die in the land of the promise. You're not going to die. God has determined the number of days that you will live. He knows every hair in your head. He knows every detail about your life. God has not forsaken you. God has not forgot about you. Come on, lift up your hands. Shanda Rama Mamaya Koto. Holy Spirit is here. God is going to heal at this hour. God is going to deliver at this hour. God is going to break generational curses. I feel that in my spirit. There's some of you that have been carrying generational curses. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. God is going to break generational curses right now. I feel that in my spirit right now. I feel that in my spirit right now. If you know that there's been a generational curse 
hovering upon your family. Maybe your great-grandmother died prematurely. Maybe your grandfather died at an early age. Maybe they had uh, Alzheimer's, cancer. That generation, of course, is not going to touch you. If... If you know that the Holy Spirit wants to redeem that in you, I want you to come to this altar. I want to pray for the specific people. I'm going to pray for generational curses to be broken off of you. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with your forefathers. But today God is going to break curses right now. I want you to lift up your hands. Kanda, ruba, Come on, come on. God is going to break those generational curses. I feel that in my spirit. The weight of his glorious falling church. I feel the weight. The composed. I feel the weight of his glory falling right now. Curses right now. For your glory. Come on, worship him, worship him. Worship the Holy Spirit. Espíritu de Dios, muévete en este lugar. Espíritu Santo, muévete en este lugar. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Holy Spirit, take your place, take your position. Oh, I feel him. I feel him. I feel the Holy Spirit. Everybody that is here in the, in the altar, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. I want you to repeat this prayer. I want you to say with me. The Bible says in Galatians 3.13 that Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Right now, I renounce every generational curse out of my life. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Come on, start worshiping him. He's just liberated you. Shandere bro se terere bro kum. Matoro bo 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 shata.